Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever All Honor podcast here on the Around the Point Network. I am Caden Lee. Today, I am joined by special guest, the former Wrestling Inc. owner, now hosting the Thursday podcast on Wrestling Inc., Raj Geary. Raj, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm ready to talk some wrestling on this inaugural episode, kicking off something new for me and let's do this yeah there's a lot there's a lot of stuff going on so uh yeah it's it's been a it's been a crazy time with the race with the wrestling business so it's always always fun to chat about it yeah it's a it's been a busy few weeks and there's a lot going on so just to give everybody listening a little bit of an idea of what this is going to be we're going to pick a few topics every week myself and a new guest every week and we're going to go in depth on those So this week, we have three topics. We're going to be talking about WWE backlash in Puerto Rico, the AEW Wembley ticket sales, and the World Heavyweight Championship tournament. So let's begin with WWE backlash, which was in San Juan, Puerto Rico, this past Saturday, May 6th. This was the uh, WWE actually just put out an announcement uh, a little bit ago from when we're recording saying that it was the highest grossing and viewed backlash of all time. They had a 28% increase in viewers from last year's WrestleMania backlash, 17,944 attendees for the show. It was a sellout. So a very well-performing backlash, mainly off of the back of Puerto Rico's own Bad Bunny, who wrestled Damian Priest in a San Juan street fight. So just to run through some of the results, we had uh, we had Bad Bunny defeating Damian Priest. Austin Theory retained his United States Championship against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed in a triple threat match. Bianca Belair opened the show with Io Sky defending her Raw Women's Championship and is now the longest women's champion of the modern era. Seth Rollins defeated Omos. Rhea Ripley defeated Zelina Vega for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The bloodline of the Usos and Solo Sokoa defeated Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn in a six-man tag match. And the main event, Cody Rhodes, defeated Brock Lesnar. Raj, what were your thoughts overall on this year's backlash? They went back to backlash instead of the last two years' WrestleMania backlash. And going, uh, not international, but going to a new market that hasn't been, hasn't had a show in what 18 years now yeah yeah it's it's been a long time i thought uh i thought they hit it out of the park you know i think wwe before their non big five pay-per-views were usually um usually kind of throwaway shows you know there might be an intriguing match here and there but for the most part there were just ways to fill space between the tentpole events and uh and now you see them really giving a lot more focus and, you know, by doing this one in Puerto Rico, by doing uh, the the February one in in Montreal then having Clash of the Castle in, you know, in Cardiff, you just had these events that feel special and they no longer feel like throwaway events. And and the the stories that they're bringing up to it by having a hometown hero in each, you know, with Drew at at Clash and and Sami Zayn with uh, Elimination Chamber. And then, you know, now with Bad Bunny and, you know, and Damien Priest. So mm-hmm. I thought it was really smart um, and a really great show. The crowd was one of the hottest I've ever seen. It just felt like, it just felt like, I hate comparing to Rock and Hogan because that was a different level, but it, it mm-hmm. just that kind of reaction, just the whole night, maybe not as big as Rock versus Hogan, but still uh, just 
off the charts heat and uh, throughout the whole show. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, there was a little bit of a controversy. I wouldn't say that much of a controversy, but people were certainly talking about it online with the decision to not main event with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. They went with Cody and Brock instead. How are you feeling about that uh, when you're when you're watching, especially? Well, I get it because I think maybe their thought process is that they want one of their full time stars to be the last thing you see at the end of the show, and that you want to you know you want to have your stars be the featured guy. I probably would have went with Damian Priest and Bad Bunny, uh, just with the theme of the show. Bad Bunny's you know was the main person featured on all the advertising. Mm-hmm. But I, I get wanting to do that. I remember back at WrestleMania 11 when Lawrence Taylor versus Bam Bam uh, headlined that show. And to me, it just made Kevin Nash feel lesser than as a mm-hmm. as a draw. I don't think Hulk Hogan would have gone on second to last. And so so I get it with wanting to put your top stars in that main event spot. Yeah, I understood why you put Cody and Brock there. I actually... I remember everyone was like, oh, they're going to probably main event with Bunny and Priest. That was a conversation for a few weeks. And I consistently said, I was like, knowing how the company goes and how they like to main event, I was like, it's going to probably be Cody and Brock. And everyone was like, oh, no, 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 no. It'll it'll be Bad Bunny. It's got to be Bad Bunny. And I wasn't too surprised by it. I, I think with how they ended, I didn't I didn't mind it with that final shot of Brock. Yeah. And it didn't. um it didn't take away from the bad bunny Damien priest match either that that match was just off mm-hmm. the charts and it wasn't a case like at uh, wrestlemania 18 when rock and hogan went on earlier and then jericho versus triple h was forgotten about i felt like cody and brock still is remembered you still you didn't forget that match once it was over and so i think it i think it worked out the way they did it yeah, I agree. And especially with having a match in between those two where you can, and while it's still a good match that they did there, it gets the fans a little bit of time to cool down and get ready. And especially with like WWE does all the, the commercial breaks in between matches. So it gives fans a lot more time to cool down than AEW, not knocking them. I, I like the way they pace their pay-per-views as well. But when you do match and then as soon as it ends you're going into the next entrance it it gives fans a little bit of buffer time rather than go 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 that can tire them out a little too much yeah i used to really like back in the day and this is way back in the day but when they would have the intermissions on pay-per-views they'd have like a Mm 15-minute intermission so you could go and you know order food or especially if you have people over just you know kind of regroup get drinks do whatever and um I always like that, but you know now they've kind of switched that to having the cooldown match, but um, and which is weird because the cooldown match involved people headlining night one of WrestleMania. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but uh, still, yeah, I, I thought the the way the show was paced was, was great. I, I thought it was again. I thought it was a home run. I thought it was one of their best uh, non big five pay per views that they've done in a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, and speaking of some uh, some, there were some big moments on the show. I mentioned Brock bleeding. Some news came out from Fightful Select after that uh, that was fully intentional. So um, good. I, I like that spot. I like using it whenever using the blood when you need to. Uh, it always it'll it'll work for me. And then we had the return of Carlito. He returned at the 2021 Royal Rumble, which did not have a crowd. I think they did that at the Tampa Rays baseball stadium, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So. 
what how'd you feel about the the Carlito return? I mean, I thought he looked fantastic. Yeah, I thought he looked great. I thought he looked great last time too, but they ended up not signing him. They did he did one TV after, and I think that was it. Um, I thought he looked great. He's he's stayed in shape. Um I'd love to see him get one more shot. And uh, I think from that crowd response, I think you have to. I mean, I know uh, it was reported that it was a one-off. But I think with just how the crowd reacted to him, you got to do more with him. And I I think at least give him a shot. Regarding the Lesnar thing, you know, uh, for me, blood matches, if if people accidentally get cut and whatever, I think uh, I'm like, yeah, go with it. But I hate when they stop the match to then clean it up and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But, you know, I've never been a fan of blading or I haven't been in a long time. And I think it's even dumber to throw your head into a ring post to cut yourself because I think you just never know. What if you get knocked out? What if you get concussed? I just think it's a very dangerous uh, thing to do to to make yourself bleed. And I also thought, you know, Lesnar smashing Randy Orton's head with forearms. And and that led to a concussion. So I think, I don't know. I, I just thought doing that for blood is is not the smartest move yeah i think that's something that we've uh disagreed on on twitter before about the adding blood into matches and i i do think that i think it's a little safer to do blading than throwing your head into the turnbuckle and going hard way with that absolutely yeah for sure uh i i would have i would have preferred for that spot to just do the blade job if you really wanted the blood just just do it i I mean, everybody has the argument. Everybody talks about it. Everybody gives their opinions. I'm of the belief that it's it can get a little too much, right? If you use it every single week, every single match, multiple matches on a show, it takes away any, like for me, it takes away any uh, dramatic appeal of it that can add to a match. But if you use it in the right spots that's where I'm like, okay, I, I like this. It makes it feel a little bit more real to me because uh, as someone who watches a decent amount of MMA now, I'm starting to get into it. I'm like, oh, these guys can bleed very easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, it's not a, a, a naturally getting busted open in a fight or whatever. Obviously, that's that's part of the sport. That's part of the yeah. thing. Um, and to your point, you know, when Austin bled against Bret Hart, that's one of the most iconic uh you know, uh, images in history. And and a part of that was because they weren't doing blood all the time back then. They mm-hmm. It was actually banned. And they actually lied to Vince <laughs> saying that Austin got busted open hard way. Um, so I, you know, and totally, it worked in that situation. There are times when I definitely think it could, it adds to the drama. Mm-hmm. In general, I think doing it, it's kind of just feels like an outdated practice. Again, I think if you were to tell uh, people in the corporate world that you know, people are cutting themselves open with razor blades because they probably don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just feels low rentish, but I, I do think that there are times when blood definitely does enhance a match. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that uh don't like the way they got there, but I did like the one, I did like the shot they did in Backlash. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, this was, a uh, like you said, home run for WWE. And especially getting Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny is the number one recording artist in the world. They fully capitalized on that, having him on SmackDown, having him on the Raw before, which I believe was in Fort Worth, Texas, using him there to get a uh, to get some people in the door, get some views on Raw, which I think did a pretty good number considering it was against playoffs in the ratings. 
So from here, what do you want to see from Bad Bunny in WWE? Oh, um, I think the way they're using him is great. Special appearances here and there. You know, once you start using him all the time, he's not as it's not a special. Mm -hmm. I think he is one of those guys that you bring him around here and there and have him kill it and do something short term and and then go off. And I I don't think he could do more anyway with just how his schedule is. But yeah, um, yeah, they've they've really again, I hate saying the same term hitting home run over and over again, but. You know, they've really hit a home run with their celebrities lately between Pat McAfee, Logan Paul, and now Bad Bunny. And those three are like three of the best celebrities uh, as far as in-ring goes that mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And uh, they, they were just fantastic. Uh, oh, let's not forget about Snoop Dogg's wonderful match at WrestleMania <laughs> against The Miz. <laughs> and uh, you got to give tons of credit to Snoop Dogg for improving like that yeah. when after uh, Shane McMahon blew out his knee because... For someone who hasn't been in the business to all of a sudden have to throw a work punch and you know, throw an elbow and just think on his feet, it's awesome. I mean, it doesn't look – it's it, his moves didn't look like they hurt, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it made this segment a lot of fun, and Snoop was great there. Yeah, it was it was a, it was fun being there for that. We were all very confused <laughs> in the crowd. Like, what is what, what's going? Is Shane hurt? Is is this improv? Was this the plan? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I figured it had to have been. I, I don't think Shane would come out just to get injured. He's not that <laughs> kind of guy that would do that. So, uh, yeah, it felt very Vince McMahon at the Royal Rumble years ago, but. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they they were able to pull it off. So props to Snoop. Mm-hmm. Now moving away from WWE's backlash, we have another big show that is fully international. AW All In Wembley, August twenty seventh. They did pre sale tickets later last week, and they're selling well. The last update from Tony Khan was Friday, so they I, I think they're closer now to a higher. They're definitely at a higher number. Not sure how much higher, but the last update was 60,000 tickets sold for a gate of 6.1 million pounds and 7.7 million USD. We're still a few months away, so that's a really good number being uh, that we're still a full summer from this show with no advertised talent or matches at all. Like They got a poster and that's about it. This is the highest gate ever in England. Some people were uh, countering that with Clash of the Castle, but that that was in Wales, not England. And that is the highest ever in Europe. So that's uh, WWE's Clash of the Castle is the highest. Right now, All In is the second highest. It did an $8.1 million gate. So only 400,000 away from breaking that record as well. They've already beaten WCW's top attendance, which was a little under 40,000 in Atlanta. And comparing it to the other famous show at Wembley Stadium, SummerSlam 92, they had an attendance of 80,355. So as of the last update, they were about 20,000 tickets away from beating that. So my first question, Raj, is when you saw this happening, what were your immediate thoughts? Because they sold 40K, I think it was 45, 50K just in the pre-sale. Yeah, I mean, I kind of expected it. Um on Twitter before the pre-sale went out, I I predicted that they do sixty-eight thousand plus for this show, um, and I was willing to take bets that they beat this year's WrestleMania, not the announcement. I saw your bet with Col- yeah, your bet with Colby. 
Yeah, I was like, I think they're doing over 68, you know, Let, let's go. I mean, AEW just in general with their special shows, uh, they they overperform greatly, in my opinion. I think uh, they get those fans to those buildings. And I think they need to change venues for Double or Nothing next year, because right now, uh, the latest ticket update that came out this week from WrestleTix, they've only sold 222 tickets in the last month since their last update in, mm -hmm. in early April. They're at like 6,500. Uh, last year's show did, I think, right under 14,000 paid. So it's well under half of that right now. So I think, you know, next year, if they go to, a, you know, a, a, a place that hasn't had an AEW pay-per-view yet, I think they could sell it out. So I think they need to... You see, when AEW goes to a new market with a special show, they do really well that first time out. I mean, really well. You know, Arthur mm -hmm. Ashe, you look at what they did the first time, and obviously the second time wasn't as big. But that first time, they did they did huge. I think if they're to do Madison Square Garden, they're going to sell that place out quick. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I predicted that. I felt like they were going to do really well on this show. I mean, it's... Uh, it's a huge, fantastic coup for the company. If they can do what I predicted over 68, and I think they will. The one thing with AEW is you see the fans get in really early. And then, um, you know, that first week. And then the ticket sales really do slow down. Um, mm -hmm. But they're obviously going to sell a lot more. We're months away. So if they can hit that 70,000 mark, it's the biggest, you know, the biggest of the year. Again, I think saying, you know, England, you're comparing it to 92 um you know ticket prices were way different back then um yeah. back then you didn't have online pre-sales and things like that which make it very easy to to get tickets you had to actually go to the arenas for pre-sales but it is a, a huge success for AEW i think it's uh just fantastic and the fact that they might beat wrestlemania in ticket sales this year is, you know says it all yeah i agree it's it's really great to see it, it show this mixed with backlash doing as well as they did in tickets and overall gross it it makes me feel good about wrestling honestly like as a as a fan it makes me really excited for what's coming i was gonna say it always sucks when you're a fan and it feels like you're the only one watching and now mm -hmm. you're seeing you know like uh it's it's just getting uh you know they're doing tremendous all over the place it's, you know especially wwe is just on a roll right now like they haven't been in a long time um and AEW with the Wembley show, it's just, it's just, you know, obviously a, a huge success story. Yeah, I agree. It's, I mean, it's awesome to see. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm very much hoping I can get out to Wembley if I can, uh, if I can afford that trip out there, because that's going to be, it's going to be something special. Yeah, it's history. I don't know if you've um, posted, made any predictions. What, how are you feeling? Like, what are you feeling for this card for All In? Any, any predictions you got over there? Well, it's kind of one of those things. Right now, they're scheduled to do All Out a week later. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want to have all... And, and my prediction oh. for All In is that it streams on Max. You know, I think Max, yeah. they're looking to have more sports. I um, agree. They haven't announced anything as far as this being on pay-per-view yet. I, it, it, that's just my prediction. I don't see them yeah. doing two pay-per-views in a week. I think the upfronts are next week. Mm -hmm. which is the rumored for like when they're going to announce collision and this, whatever new deal they have now that dark and elevation right. got pulled off of YouTube. So I think that's when we could see that announcement. Yeah. So I think you want to give the fans great in-ring action, have all your top stars there, but you also want to build for the following week and you want to have 
probably the big marquee matches you want to you know kind of shuffle them out have a big marquee match you know at all in but also your big world title match i think you'd want to do it all out and um mm-hmm. and you could do something where it's mjf in a tag match against cm punk and someone else and punk pins mjf and per the stip and he now faces mjf at all out or you know do something like that where you're tying that show into the next one and um but yeah i would i think you want to have a really cool moment i've heard people mention sting's retirement i think that would be a really cool thing to do um you know i've heard people mention probably doing will osprey versus kenny omega which i think is a great idea because that's a match that could just tear the house down osprey i've heard people compare it to brett versus bulldog but brett versus bulldog were both established stars in wwe mm-hmm. i mean they, they were still not main event guys yet but they were established whereas osprey you've seen the reactions he's gotten on aew tv it's not like a a major star reaction that he's gotten so far but regardless i think you know being in his where was he born um but you want some you want european talent on the card uh you want your big stars and you want to put them together so you have some memorable moments but you're also building towards all in and i still think you need your biggest biggest matches at all in i mean i'm sorry all out yeah he's from uh it's a village on the outside of london okay so yeah you know i think you want to have some european talent in those big matches and i think he would be one for sure with with omega and you give him that win and and then they have that the final match of the trilogy somewhere else yeah my expect i'm a little i don't fully know what they're gonna do with osprey it, it feels like they're doing Osprey Omega two at Forbidden Door because they have that they have a little tournament going on. Osprey on May twenty first is facing Tanahashi. The winner of that will face Lance Archer at Dominion, and the winner of that match is who faces Kenny. Very likely at Forbidden Door. They haven't said it, but the graphic is the Forbidden Door graphic. So I think that's where they do the second match. That's this show is also. I think it's it's either like exactly two weeks or fairly close to two weeks after the G1 finals. My prediction is I have Osprey winning the G1 this year to finally beat Okada. Because I think Okada's beaten Sonata for that title and taking it back. So I could see doing something big with Osprey coming off of like a G1 win. And not necessarily Omega, but if you gave him somebody like... An orange, uh, no, they did Orange Cassidy last year. I was gonna say Orange Cassidy. No, they just did that one. Oh man, I don't know. But if you're not doing Omega, I have no ideas for Osprey. Yeah, because the tricky thing, and that the one thing we've seen with Tony Khan is he'll bring people in and he'll put them in big matches, but he's not giving him wins over his top talent. Yeah, you know, you haven't seen anyone come in and beat Kenny Omega. That's not under contract with AEW. Mm-hmm. And when Kenny Omega finally had to drop the Impact title, he dropped it to Christian. And clearly, you know, Tony Khan was fine with a TNA Impact guy beating Christian. But he didn't want them beating his top guys, the Punks, the Moxleys, uh, Kenny Omega. I I don't, has Moxley lost by pinfall um, since he signed with AEW outside of AEW? Oh, outside of AEW? Yeah. No, because he lost the. Because even in the G1s and stuff, he wasn't taking. He wasn't getting pinned or submitted. Oh, I don't. 
Yeah, I don't think so. unless it like the G one's the only time I could think that he could have taken a loss because when he had the IWGP US title, both times he lost it. The first time was he had to relinquish it because of the typhoon, and the second time he lost it on TV to Archer. But that was a Texas Death Match, so he didn't even get pinned there, and that was still in AEW. Yeah, there was okay. Nick Cage did beat him in GCW. But... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, yeah, because they did. That was the match on the Boardwalk where the firm took out Moxley. Right, but that's the only one I could think of where and and he wasn't was he world champion at that point? I don't think so. He was when that match happened. He was, yeah. That was uh, October second, like October third, something like that. He was world, yeah. He had won the championship a few weeks. Okay, before. right, right. October eighth. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, in general, usually they don't do it, but uh, yeah, that's the only one I can think of where they did. That's why I don't. I, I would be surprised to see Osprey beat Kenny Omega until he's under AEW contract, or if he does. Omega beats him back. I could see Osprey beating Omega at Forbidden Door only because it would be for the IWGP US title. And since mm. Kenny won that title, which is now over four months ago, he has only defended it once, and that was on TV. So I could yeah. see I could see Tony agreeing to that only because there might be like some trade-off where he maybe he gets Okada at all in. Or you think they do, but Omega beats Osprey the the third time, and they yeah. do it on AEW paper. You know, again, like at, yeah. at all in. I don't know if you know. I think even if you're doing Osprey versus Omega, that crowd is not going to be upset seeing Omega lose. They're probably going to be in Osprey's corner, you know, going for Osprey. But by the end, I think Omega wins, and he's not going to get booed, or the crowd's not going to crap mm -hmm. on it. I just, uh, in my opinion, I feel like if. I, I feel very confident that Osprey is winning the G1. So if mm -hmm. I think if he's winning the G1, I think there's no chance he loses at all in, which is right after. So I yeah. think you got to give him some sort of win. I could see him defend if you give him that US title back at Forbidden Door. Maybe they run back Osprey and Pack from 2019, two home two guys from that country that'll get people going in either corner. That'd be I think that'd be a fun match. That'd be oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think that crowd, the crowd would love it. I mean, there's so many things you could do. Goldberg, you know, obviously is <laughs> yeah, Goldberg. And, you know, like I, I know Goldberg's one of those that his his reactions live never match his reactions online. You know, it's <laughs> yep. rare you'll see him get booed. It, it has happened, but it's very rare. Usually when he comes back, it's huge. Usually he does well at ratings when he first comes back. You, you mm -hmm. take him off TV for a bit, he comes back ratings go up so mm -hmm. i and i think he would get a huge pop with the aew crowd and i i think uh him doing a, you know a few last a last few you know last few matches with aew maybe something at all in um give him give him a win you know start him off with some wins and then maybe ultimately a loss to wardlow and then a, a win in his retirement match and you know because tony really does uh try to respect the big you know the big legends. I mean, yep. most notably Sting. Sting has not lost once <laughs> since he signed with AEW. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I saw somebody say an idea for Goldberg could be, especially if you can only get him under a two-match contract, which I think is, I think that's the highest probability for what you can do with him. You do one match at All In, one match at All Out. All in, you do Wardlow teaming with Goldberg against pick two guys. 
I don't know. Brian Cage and somebody or sure. something like that. Like, yeah. whoever you want, it doesn't matter. 2.0 could be in that match. It's Goldberg. No mm-hmm. one's going to care. So somebody that they, too, can, like, beat the hell out of. They win, and then after the match, Goldberg spears Wardlow, and that sets up the next week you do Goldberg-Wardlow it all out, and you give Wardlow that huge win over Goldberg. I could see you that could, being a, a possibility. You could definitely do that, yeah. I, yeah. I, I like that idea. Yeah, I forgot who said it because I want to credit them, but I don't like I heard it on a podcast like two weeks ago. I was like, oh, this is a really smart idea. This makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like it. So moving back over away from the United Kingdom, going back into the United States now, the World Heavyweight Championship belt was announced a few weeks ago. And in the draft, it was taken over to Monday Night Raw after Roman Reigns was drafted to SmackDown. So it's exclusive to Raw. But is it? As Triple H announced on Friday during the press conference for Backlash in San Juan, Puerto Rico, that there will be triple threats on Raw and SmackDown this week with the winners of... There's two triple threats on each show. The winner, winners of both triple threats will face off either later in the night or the main event to determine who will represent their brand at Night of Champions on August 20th... Or, or I wrote August 27th. Uh, May 27th in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia for Night of Champions. From Raw, it's Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Seth Raw, Seth frickin' Rollins. I gotta get that name right. Shinsuke Nakamura and The Miz. Over on SmackDown, it's the returning AJ Styles, the United States champion Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, a returning Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Sheamus. So, how... Before we get into the confusion on where this belt is going to be and how they're doing this, what are your thoughts on the uh, the twelve people that they announced for this? Oh, yeah, it, it makes sense. You know, I have I have nothing against it. I've been kind of predicting Rollins to to win this thing anyway. You know, I think it's it's kind of it's dumb that they have SmackDown guys in this tournament. I feel like they should have they could have easily just said the draft selections and everything don't go into effect until night of champions or after night of champions. So up until then, anyone can compete for any title, you know, like mm-hmm. th- these are the last few weeks where anyone can compete for any title. So at least then it makes some sense. Um, I get why they're doing it. They want to have pop a rating on SmackDown too. Well, the competition's tough right now with the playoffs, especially with the warriors Lakers series. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got the NHL playoffs heating up. So you know, lots of competition right now, so you want to load those shows up. But I, I feel, I feel like they could have tried to make it more, um, make more storyline sense. And I, I don't like how they have different rules for the different titles. You know, uh, SmackDown tag champs get to go on either show, but the World Champion we have to have separate ones. Um, I'm guessing the U.S. and Intercontinental cha- Champions aren't going to be allowed to go between both shows, and, and and the Women's Champion. I wish they would just keep the rules the same for all champions. I don't like them splitting up the belts uh, or having a new world champion. I like the idea of one world champion. It's, they've been killing it doing that. Their business has been through the roof the last you know eight months. And granted, the Sami Zayn storyline is a big part of that. But having the world champion hasn't hurt them. It hasn't been a detriment. I, I do mm-hmm. think Cody should have won at, at, at WrestleMania. And we'll see if it there's some grand scheme why, why that didn't happen. But um yeah, I just it just feels all over the place. And and up until now, since Triple H's reign, most things have felt 
have made sense and and from a storyline perspective and you're not having to you know really um kind of shut off your brain to <laughs> you know to to watch the shows and it's just kind of all over the place right now but um yeah, my, I, I still think um, Seth Rollins is my pick. I, I think it really comes down to Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes, Lashley, and Edge. Uh, they're doing the show in Saudi Arabia, so you know, obviously, they want to put the most marquee matchup possible. So to me, that's either Cody versus Edge or Seth Rollins versus Edge. And I think Seth Rollins should be the first champion because Cody winning it automatically makes it seem like less than because he just lost to Roman last month. Yeah, I... I'm very confused on the brand split, as is everybody else. With uh, it happens every time they <laughs> they've never. I, I can't remember what the longest they've gone when they've done a hard brand split without people going back and forth between shows, or uh, one announcer ends up being on both. Yeah. It's just if if you want to split them, split them and, and give one show a, a different look and feel than the other. Like you know how how NXT and Raw are. They feel like two different completely different brands or how WCW look nitro look compared to raw back in the day, you know? Um, but they don't, just haven't had the discipline to do that. I, yeah, I agree. And this, I mean, the tournament immediately shows that they can't help themselves. Like you said, they, they want to pop that rating on SmackDown, which makes sense. Uh, there's some good talent over there and just looking at who they got into this tournament, like an AJ styles an edge. <clears throat> it's good. It's really good talent. I think you, could have been fine just doing it on Raw. Uh, I'm in the same boat as you with Rollins. I think Rollins is winning this title. I could see them doing uh, Cody winning his triple threat, Seth winning his triple threat, and doing the fourth match, and either Rollins just straight up beats Cody and gets that win back, or my real prediction is that I think Brock's inter interfering in this at some point. I think we're going to see Brock. I think it's going to be Brock interfering in the first match with Cody. Um, I can see and that, that. way. It, yeah. And I don't, I don't see Cody taking the pin that by doing, having triple threats, you could do it. So Cody's not winning, but mm. he's not losing either. And then you have Seth Rollins versus a heel, like probably, I don't know, the Miz or someone like that. Um, cause I don't think you want to give away Cody and Seth on free TV right now. Um, but we'll see, you know, again, they still want to do a big rating warriors and, and Lakers. So, um, yeah, so we'll see, but. Yeah. I agree. I, I think uh, Rollins wins it. Yeah. I mean, the, the raw part will be outdated by the time this goes up. The SmackDown part <laughs> will be fine. We could right. like we could be seeing Damian Priest versus The Miz in the main event on Raw. And who knows? Right. <laughs> who knows at yeah. this point what's happening over there? Uh, the SmackDown side, that's the part that it'll it'll still be relevant by the time this releases. Uh, right. my, my guess in the final is... I don't hate the Bobby pick. Um, AJ, I'm a little confused on AJ because they've kind of been keeping him out of doing a lot of things. Like they're limiting how much he can do. So I don't know how healed up he is from that injury. It was mm -hmm. a pretty bad one. It was uh, going to take him out for a while. And after five months, he's back. So a little, a little worried about that. But I could see the final for SmackDown being AJ and Edge doing that rematch since their ones in 2022 were not good, letting them finally have a good match and then sending edge to do that rematch with Seth in Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I just think again, because it is Saudi Arabia that you want the biggest match possible. Edge came out ahead in, in his feud with Seth Rollins. So this kind of 
gets Rollins back on top. Uh, it is babyface versus babyface, which they usually shy away from. But I do mm-hmm. think it is their the biggest match that they can do. You know, as far as someone from the SmackDown side, Lashley would be big too. But I think Edge is just from a a name standpoint a little bigger. So um, yeah, yeah, that would be my pick. And I, and I wouldn't go with Edge as your first world champion. You could. It gives instant name and credibility to the belt. But uh, I just think Rollins is, is is super hot right now. So the if I'm, I'm looking at the names and yeah the only yeah none of the yeah the only heel on the SmackDown like the six guys they announced is Theory, so you're gonna have right one of those so you're gonna have those, a bunch of baby faces and one yeah all baby face match yep yeah you're gonna have at least one triple threat that's gonna just all be baby faces which is odd I don't I don't hate it I I would have thrown in maybe like I know LA Knight hasn't done a lot but I would have thrown him in there personally just because mainly that's my blinded by my love for him but uh (laughs) would have added something a little new yeah no i yeah or uh carrying cross or or uh wait is he in it i'm forgetting right now um Mm -mm. i don't have to list but yeah you could have added carrying cross uh you know someone like that yeah it's uh yeah because it's styles theory lashley edge Rey mysterio sheamus other guys okay so yeah, they're all, I mean, five of them are listed as faces and have been faces. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, we're going to get good matches no matter what. I, I think all the, I think both the triple threat or all four triple threats will be good. Probably, I think both finals, ma- semifinals matches will be good. The finals match will probably be good. I'll take good wrestling any day I can get it. Yeah. And, um, and me being a, a, a fan of the business side, the ratings will be interesting to see too, because mm-hmm. You know, last week with the draft, SmackDown just crushed it. They did a huge number for the draft. And then Raw was not. It was, yeah. they did a fine number for a regular show. But for what I, for a draft episode, I thought they did a, a disappointing number. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, there's a, I mean, these, as a hockey fan, these hockey playoffs are killing it. So it's, it's hard to counter against that right now. And, NBA is always going to be great, but whenever you're going mm. against good hockey too, it can that that's when it can really start to harm you, and you start getting that bleed over. Right, and plus this uh, this Warriors Lakers series has been just doing insane numbers, like yeah. over seven million viewers. Um, it just you know it's it, it, you know you got Steph Curry and LeBron, so uh, it's, you knew it's going to do big, but it's just a gigantic number. So it's going it, to that's going to hurt you know, all the shows uh, until it's over. Yeah. I am. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with this and just make the uh, my biggest worry out of everything with this title. And I've been have, I've been complaining about it since they announced it two weeks ago. Just don't, you, you got to find a way to not make it feel like a consolation prize with Roman holding the title it feels like the ultimate prize in pro wrestling right now is beating roman so if you're taking a title that is supposed to be on the same level as roman but you don't beat him for it i i'm a little worried that they're just going to kind of push it to the wayside like they did with biggie's championship run when roman had the title in 2021 yeah and that's why i think rollins winning it uh it, it, they can make it so it doesn't feel like that because um, mm-hmm. you could have Rollins cutting promo saying uh, Roman's never beaten him on on pay-per-view and but he has and the, the last time they faced off Seth won even though it was by DQ yeah. and, and whatever but you know he can make those claims and they're all true 
and make it seem like, yes, this is the top two guys in the company, you know, basically that have the world titles. Yeah, the, I agree. I think Rollins winning it is definitely the best pick, especially with, I mean, that guy is so over the 10 minute serenade in Paris. Yeah. I mean, his character, his gimmick, whatever you want to call it, it it's not for me, <laughs> uh, but it's working like crazy. So it's like, it doesn't matter if it works for me or not. It's working like crazy. You go with it, you go with what works and you know, the theme, theme music obviously has a lot to do with it, but I don't think they're chanting that for just anyone. Um, so mm -hmm. yeah, I think they've got, they've got someone who's hot and just, you know, strike while the iron's hot. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was the first episode of all honor on the around the point network. Raj, thank you so much for joining me. Where can the people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Raj Geary, and I'm back doing the Wrestling Inc. podcast on Thursday. So uh, check me out there, myself and Jack Farmer. And yeah, just uh, those are the best places to reach me. And, and th thanks again for having me. Yeah, I loved having you on, getting to talk some pro wrestling for a little bit. You guys can find me on my Twitter at Kaden underscore FTW. That's K-A-D-E-N underscore FTW. And on the Around the Point Network YouTube channel, a bunch of days of the week. We're doing a lot of stuff over there, so go check that out. And yeah, go check out Wrestling Inc. Thursday podcast. Always a great listen over there. For myself and my special guest on this first episode, Raj, thank you guys so much for joining us. And I will see you guys next week.